like nostalgic movie review from nerdy married man hello welcome back to the show yes. today we are talking about our video game review of resident evil and this is new and nostalgic nerdy reviews from nerdy married men and i'm steven i'm david don't realize we probably haven't said that on every episode so might as well say it every once in a while whoopsie <laughs> whoopsie uh, but yeah, like I said, uh, this movie Resident Evil is based off of the video game. This one was made in 2002. Based off the video game. Yeah, yeah, in quotes. <laughs> so rated R in 140 minutes. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes uh, gave it a 35%, and the audience gave it 67%. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's directed by uh, Paul W.S. Anderson, which... Uh, it's known for butchering these adaptations. I actually, uh, you know, he... Kind of got big for making... He did an adaptation of Mortal Kombat in the 90s. And then he also did Event Horizon, if you've ever seen that movie. I haven't seen and it, but I, I know it's on my list of, to watch. Those are two very fun movies to watch from him. Um, uh, I know as his career's gone on, it's gotten worse and worse, but... Yeah. You can watch Resident Evil on Netflix. That's where it's at nowadays. Yes, I think most of them are on there. If you're interested in watching the franchise, I'd, I'd say at least watch the first one. The other ones you can probably skip. Yeah. I was going to say, what other things did Paul was Anderson He did The do? Three Musketeers. See, I did like the new Three Musketeers. I know it's a bad one, but... Oh, he also did the Monster Hunter movie. Yeah, he did Monster Hunter, Death Race Inferno. Yeah. Actually, a few of the Death Race movies. He did all the Death Race movies. Oh. Uh, he did Alien vs. Predator. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, if you've seen the director's R-rated cut of Alien vs. Predator, it's actually pretty fun. But I, I like the first Alien vs. Predator. The second one's garbage. Oh, it's pretty awful. And the but... even in Alien vs. Predator, the predator is so so stupid in those movies <laughs> unlike all the other movies so well yeah uh resident evil it stars uh paul ws anderson's wife uh mila jovovich uh and then it also has a uh, eric mabius colin salmon uh michelle rodriguez james uh purifoy uh basically a bunch of side characters around mila and michelle yeah pretty much <laughs> But yeah, it's it's a fun movie. I guess uh, you want to read the synopsis? Sure. A special military unit fights a powerful, out-of-control supercomputer and hundreds of scientists who have mutated into flesh-eating creatures after a laboratory accident. Accident. <laughs> yeah, accident. Uh, the, the movie's interesting. It uh, starts out with someone kind of stealing this virus and then also releasing it within this uh laboratory yeah this is an adaptation of the world of resident evil but i would not say this is an adaptation of any of the games well it it makes sense that it feels that way because actually this movie is the only resident evil movie in this universe that doesn't have uh any of the characters the mainline characters from the video yeah. games um, Alice is a whole different character, Brand never new. been in any of the movies, which seems weird that you would do a movie like this, but I've actually been kind of even wanting for more video game movies to do this, more adaptations, like, yeah. like even with like the Star Wars franchise, like I've been dying for them to branch out to other stories of people we don't know, that's sort of like Rogue One was so amazing to me. Um, because it was characters we never heard of and never knew, but inside that same universe. Well, I think uh, I enjoy this movie more because it doesn't have any of the video game characters in it. Because if you ever watch the sequels, they shoehorn the video game characters 
and they are just all butchered so terribly. Yeah, which leaves a lot of longing because we all have these characters that we know and we love and we know everything about their lore and the way they look and the way Mm -hmm. they act and so if you're not having those characters in there there's less to tear apart yeah exactly and it'd just be cool to see other stories all the other adaptations of resident evil like we'll get to a couple others i know we're gonna do welcome to raccoon city at some point that is by far the worst adaptation of this movie but that's an adaptation of the first and second game at the same time with all the main characters and it's awful yeah everywhere and (laughs) That one is probably my one of my lowest rated movies I've ever seen. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, what do you think of this movie? How did it make you feel? Uh, what would you rate it? Um, so for me, this movie has its moments. Uh, for me, this movie has some fun moments in it. It has some really cool moments, especially like the zombie dog kick scene and everything. That actually took her like three months of training to actually be able to perform yeah. that. And, like, some of the characters in it, like, the, the main cast of characters, especially Mia Jokovich and Michelle Rodriguez, they're delightful to have in this movie. Like, the main four or five people in this movie are actual, like, pretty good in this with what they were given. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. And uh, I definitely have a lot of faults with this movie. There's a lot of really bad things and some bad CGI moments, especially with like, the liquors. And so for me, this movie is a little bit lower. I actually gave this a 43%. This movie, for me, it's just, it's not what I want in a Resident Evil movie. I still haven't been able to get what I want in a Resident Evil anything, TV show, movie, anything. Like, I just want the game remade. I, that's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very hard to adapt a video game into a movie. I don't feel like it would be that hard. Like, I feel like if I had the budget that some of these people get, I could make a killer video game adaptation movie. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just feel like people aren't paying attention enough to the storylines. Well, maybe someday you should try and we'll <laughs> find out. Uh, uh, what do you think? Uh, well, you know, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I grew up playing all the Resident Evil games, and I, I love them. And it, by no means is this movie even close to being accurate to the games. There are a lot of things that are not accurate. This is very loosely based and kind of poorly written. But I really enjoyed this movie for what it is. I'd probably give this like a 68%. Okay. Uh, I really... I, I think the, the music in the movie is so well done. It's scored by Marco Beltrami and Marilyn Manson. <laughs> nice. And it, I enjoyed the music so much when I was younger, when this first came out, that I, I ended up buying the soundtrack because nice. it's so fun. But yeah, and I, th- I really enjoy a lot of aspects of this movie, but by no means is it a good movie or a good well, adaptation. It, it, it weirdly is one of the most successful franchises of video game adaptations, because what, there's six movies in this there series? There are six movies in this yeah. series. So, I mean, it's it was very popular. And actually, this movie was so popular, even though it wasn't super accurate, that even uh, Resident Evil games that came out after this movie took ideas from it. Like, Resident Evil 4 came out after this movie, and there is a scene that is so similar uh, as the laser grid scene oh, nice. later in this movie. And in Resident Evil 4, it's a quick time event where you have to dodge the lasers and stuff. And they got that because of this movie. The laser scene... 
part of this movie, one of the best scenes in the movie. It's the scene everyone talks about. It's the scene everyone knows. Oh, yeah. It's it's a very popular scene and such a fun scene, but it also has a lot of fun mistakes in it. Oh, it does. Uh, I can't wait to talk about that. Yes. So uh, it's it's a fun movie franchise. But, yeah, I'd, I'd give it a 68. Okay. Um, other fun facts about this movie. All the minor cuts and bruises and stuff that you see on Milojkovic's character are real. There was no makeup applied to do cuts or bruises. Everything she had was because she was trying to do a lot of her own stunts. Yep. So all the cuts and bruises were actual cuts and bruises that she had. And a couple other fun things. There, the, uh, the makeup department had a hard time giving <laughs> <the> dogs. Ma- <laughs> yeah, putting makeup on the dogs because the dogs, it was edible makeup, and the dogs kept licking it off of them. Yep. Uh, and then also uh, Michelle Rodriguez actually told her agent that if anyone ever – wanted a script for Resident Evil to be done to call her and because she was really wanting to do that movie and be a part yeah. of it. Well, and besides being Paula Sanderson's wife, Mia actually said the real reason she did this movie was because her brother, Marco, was a huge fan of the video games. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I thought that was kind of cool that she like took one of her like family members' love and turned it into something that she could add to it. Yeah, and... uh it's funny that apparently during certain scenes in the movie, Mila actually ended up hurting some of her co-stars. And even in like, there's a sewer scene where she actually apparently punched <laughs> Paul Anderson in the face, giving oh, nice. him a black eye. And then, yeah, uh, by the end, apparently she hurt like three different other crew members. <laughs> and all be- just because of the stunts she was trying to do. And she went so wild with it. Another thing that I thought was kind of funny was it's actually talked about that this is one of James Cameron's biggest guilty pleasure movies. Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> like, I just thought that was hilarious. I'm like, wait, James Cameron loves this movie? <laughs> like, all right. So, yeah, this is his Paul S. Anderson's second video game movie. The first, like you said, was Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. 95. Yep. Well, also, uh, apparently, before this movie had come out, George Romero wrote a script for a Resident Evil movie, and it was actually ended up being rejected by movie studios. And... I don't know, I think it would have been fun because George Romero does a lot of zombie movies. He actually yeah. is famous for coining a lot of the zombie tropes. Oh, yeah. And he even made a live-action trailer. He wrote a trailer for Resident Evil 2, the video game, when oh, it came nice. out. And it's a real thing. You can look it up on YouTube, and there's a trailer that George Romero wrote. Well, and George Romero, in that script that didn't actually come out, actually had Jill Valentine as the female lead in that movie. Yeah, he was actually going to try to be uh, very close to the first video game. Which I still would love to see that. Like, Oh, if- to this day, there isn't one that's like the first video game. Yeah. Like, it's always butchered, but... Always. Uh, before we get into spoiler sections, we'll... Uh, I guess talk about our next movie. Oh, yes. So our next couple movies are going to be some fun uh, picks, something special. Our next couple picks are actually going to be given to us by our wives. And next pick is actually from Steven's wife, my sister. Yes, and the movie is uh, Ivan's Childhood, or as it's also known as My Name is Ivan. Um, So my wife and I, we have this poster in our living room right next to our projector with our giant projector screen. That is 1,500 movies you have to watch before you die. Yeah. We're both huge movie buffs. Obviously, we're doing a movie podcast, too. But even Dave has realized how crazy of a movie buff I am and how many movies I watch. And we have this list, and it has everything where you can mark off whether you liked it, you loved it, you just watched it and don't care about it. Mm-hmm. And she randomly went up to the board and was like, and boom, that one. <laughs> <laughs> 
And apparently this movie's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like a, I think it's a World War II movie. Made in the 60s. Yeah, so apparently it's really, really good. So we're going to watch that for you guys. And then we're going to do... Dana's going to have a pick too, which we haven't announced yet. Uh, we'll probably announce next week. Yes, but yeah, so we might uh, start doing some fun little things like that every once in a while. We'll have a, a, a wives pick. Yeah. Well. We have, if we're going to talk about how we're nerdy married men, we got to involve our wives somehow. Exactly. So we might even have an episode with them involved. <laughs> so please join us next week for that. Or actually, I saw, I was listening to a podcast recently. It was a video game podcast with a pro player and, a, and one of the casters. Oh, cool. For the pro league. And they actually kept on having all these questions about their wives and their girlfriend and stuff. And so they actually had an episode with just their wife and their girlfriend hosting the episode and they were answering questions from the audience and stuff. That's fun. Maybe someday we might have to do a wife review episode where the wives do a review. Or they do it with us. Yeah. Yeah. We just have fun. We watch a couple chick flicks or something. There we go. That'd be a fun time. (laughs) Even though Jen's not the chick flick type, I'm more the chick flick type than she is. Which actually, sorry to go off on a little tangent here, but it's funny, when we first started dating, I, n- I was never into horror films, and Jen was hugely into horror films, and I and she didn't like rom-coms, but I was a rom-com person, like, and so we made a deal when we first started dating, for every rom-com that she watched with me, I or a musical that she'd watch with me, I would watch a horror movie with her. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's kind of fun. Yeah, good time. So, yeah, join us next week. And now we are on to the spoilers. Woohoo! The opening music and the opening scene, I think, is just really awesome for setting up the movie. The, the music's really fun, uh, it, has, it gives you some good atmosphere, and then it shows what's going on in the movie you don't see any really zombies for probably the first 30 minutes or so of the movie yeah but the first scene it shows someone is working with the virus and putting it into a case and then steals it and releases the virus into the building and the ai of the building locks down and kills everyone within the building and it is so satisfying and horrific and yeah like this whole elevator scene was really cool and that scene actually made me sad because this is an r-rated film and there's a scene where the elevator falls and decapitates someone and you'd never I, see what happens i, I wish we could have seen the gore that was that. actually when, when one of my downfalls was that i i that they did not it was so weird that they did not show the decapitation yeah like this could have been a lot gorier of a movie, especially because it is rated R and it is a zombie movie. Like, it was weird that this movie doesn't have much gore in it at all. Not much at all. It's like, very light on blood. it. Mm-hmm. It's just like, what are you doing? Like, it, it, it took it way more. It wasn't reality for me when it doesn't show all that. Yeah. In actuality, nowadays, I don't know if this movie would be rated R. I mean, there's one scene where you see some nudity. Barely. Barely, yeah. Uh, but other than that, like, this this feels more like a very hard PG-13 movie or one of those PG-13 movies that got released unrated for no reason. Yeah. Uh, so it's a, it's a very loose R Yeah, rating. I mean, the only thing that I could think of is it maybe says the F word more than once, which is a thing that if it if says the F word more than once, it's automatically rated R. Yeah, absolutely. So besides that, I really don't see why this movie is rated R in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> and honestly, it had about the same amount of nudity as Fifth Element, and that was 
rated PG thirteen. Yeah, it's <laughs> and with the same character even so. Yeah, same actress. <laughs> no. Yeah, uh, not character actress. My bad. But I will say the the atmosphere of this movie is, I think, one of the best within this series of six movies. This movie captures the Resident Evil atmosphere the best with. Yeah. Uh, and they kind of do that with uh, the AI where they'll show these fixed camera angles, kind of like the original game, and it, it, it really fits well. Yeah. I will say there are some shots like that that are really, really good. Um, I say that actually, like, as much of a... Like, I never played the games growing up. I actually didn't play any Resident Evil game until Resident Evil 2 Remake came out. Oh, really? Okay, so... And then that was the first one I ever beat all the way. And I watched him play the first one, and I started playing the third one, and I've got all the Resident Evil games now, so I'm going to be playing through them all. Do it. But uh, for me, so I wasn't as big of a diehard fan or anything of this, which is kind of funny that I'm still downgrading it for being so far off, but... Yeah, it's, it's so weird, but like for me, Alice actually really is a decent original character. Like I was not expecting for this character to be not in the games at all to it fit as well as she does. This movie feels like it fits within the Resident Evil universe, but isn't part of the games. If Which that makes sense, I, I did hate that. Like because they are doing a different story and a different character and all new characters that we aren't in the games. I don't know why they did it partially in the mansion well and that's one of the downfalls i had is uh like i like the design of the mansion and the hive lab that's underneath the mansion yeah i wish this movie would have spent at least half if not two-thirds of the movie at the mansion it would have been so cool but nope it's they're in the mansion for like five minutes yeah which is just a huge bummer because the mansion in the first resident evil game is what sold that franchise like, it, it wasn't for the dogs in the mansion and stuff like that. I don't know if this game series would be as big as it is, or this movie series would even exist as much as it does. Like, there's just so much with that mansion and how terrifying that game was when it came out. That just was incredible. Yeah. Especially with the graphics that it had back then. Like, you didn't need this grandiose, stylized showing of this grand mansion. Like, it was dark, it was gritty, it was dirty, it was awesome. Oh, and it was great because of all the different puzzles of the game and the, the layout in the mansion. And, and that's something I'm also missing from this. There's I not many no puzzles. having puzzles. Like, there's no puzzles in this. I hate how dumb a lot of the characters are. See, you know, the the accuracies in this movie tend to go more towards the uh, the zombies, the liquor, the the also the way the movie plays out yeah. it follows the resident evil trope where it starts at one location whether it be a mansion or a city or something but they end up going underground into some laboratory and then there is always some sort of countdown at the end of the game before an explosion happens yep. and then there is a train escape scene yep. and it, it's almost lifted right out of resident evil 2 minus the liquor portion which it, is but. definitely like a really good thing that they got a lot of those things done right and done well um, I did, I, like I said, I didn't like the CGI of the liquor on this, but like the zombie dogs looked great, especially because they were practical. Yeah, the, the zombie dogs were practical and so well done, but let's, let's have a little discussion about this liquor. The, the CG, I mean, uh, the design of the liquor looks a lot okay. like the video games. Yeah. And I just, the thing about this liquor is it actually goes against the 
way it was made within the video games. The liquor usually doesn't show up until the second game. Yeah. And it was actually created by the G-Virus, where this movie says that it's the T-Virus infecting living tissue. And that when they eat, it also adapts. Well, it's so weird how after the first time the liquor eats, it transforms into like this liquor dog thing, which was actually half the front half of it's practical. Yeah. Minus the full body scenes in CG, <laughs> but the front half is practical. But what bothers me is that the liquor is even in it uh, because there's no G-Virus. If they were doing yeah. the T-Virus like they did, I feel like they could have followed the games better and had either Chimeras or Hunters yeah. instead of a liquor. But I do understand why they put the liquor in it, and it is because the liquor is one of the most recognizable creatures from the Resident Evil franchise outside of yeah, zombies. Yeah, but I mean, if you're already not going towards the first game, then just go lean more towards the second game yeah, exactly. and take out the mansion, take out... Because even isn't the the hive, isn't it actually called the nest in the games? Uh, in the later games. Oh, okay. Because uh, I, I remember even in Resident Evil 2, it's the nest is underneath. Yeah, it's the, the nest is underneath, and uh, honestly, I... I wish it played out more like the video games where there is that the the super liquor I'll call it yeah. is the ending boss and I feel like it's a little underwhelming. I wish it would have been better and instead of having a regular tyrant like in the games, it would have been cool if they had like a failed version of the tyrant. Yeah. Like that that just would have been so much fun. That's another thing that they haven't gotten right in any of these movies is the tyrants. Oh, yeah. In any of the movies, the tyrants are always... Like, some of them might have a few fun things about them, but definitely not accurate. Yeah. Um, for me, the, like, the beginning narration is sounds just so boring and monotone. <laughs> like, I'm just like, At the Umbrellos facility, they made a <laughs> virus, and it is a pharmaceutical company. <laughs> I would have rather listened to you do that than actually heard what this narrator sounded like. <laughs> It's just um, a bland narration. As much as like that beginning scene is fun, the scientists at the beginning are such bad actors. So bad. Like <laughs> it is like you can tell that they're acting and it doesn't feel real. Are at you all. actually a scientist? <laughs> right. <laughs> um the jump scares in this movie are bad and, and predictable. <laughs> yes. I also thought this movie was really weird after that opening scene to start on Mia Jokovic just naked in the shower falling down and i hate the movie trope of a lot of these movies like oh they have amnesia because they were knocked out by something and it's like that doesn't add anything to this story <laughs> at all besides them not knowing who the bad guy is so they can have a twist later well i think uh like i i hate it too don't, don't yeah but i think the reason they did that is they wanted Alice to be like a blank slate character that the audience can kind of put themselves in her shoes. So that's why they didn't really give her much personality or character development. It's just she is a blank slate that us audience should be able to view what's happening through her eyes. Yeah, but that's but also just... It's, it's so it's terribly done bad. Down. It's done really not well. <laughs> yeah. I also hated how inconsistent the zombies were for killing. Like, there's one... The first time you see a zombie and gets bites one of the characters, and then they shoot this zombie. I counted around probably 36 bullets into the zombie. Didn't stop this zombie. But five punches and a roundhouse kick can kill any zombie. <laughs> well, maybe the roundhouse kick, uh, you know, broke the neck and severed, you know, the 
Sure. <laughs> Ultra powerful humans that can just instantly break necks with well, their. I mean, to like, be fair, Alice does become that character that she's like the Mary Sue of the series. Yeah. Where in the first movie, she's done fairly well, but everything after that, she, she becomes that ultimate character that has no danger against her. She's a superhuman. Yeah. Um, I also just hate like so many other things. Like, characters will be talking for a long time. Then they'll like leave an area, and then it'll show a zombie like, "I'm here. I've been watching the entire time." Or like, there's the under uh, like when they're trying to find the cure, and they're in that like place that's like full of water, and the guy's like talking about how he's the bad guy, and he's the one who spread the virus, and he's getting out of here, and everyone's gonna die or whatever. He monologues for like two full minutes. And then after he's, like, during his monologue, like, after they've been fighting in that room for five minutes, and he, during his monologue, a zombie randomly gets up. Out of the water. Out of the water, and it starts attacking him. I'm like, where well, It sneaks from, like, across the room in the water and bites him in the shoulder, and it's like, wait, how did they not hear that thing shuffling in the water or yeah, dripping or anything? Yeah, they're in, like, a foot and a half or two feet of water. Like, you would not be able to sneak, especially a zombie. Yeah, that can't think. Well, Come and on. that's the other thing that annoyed me with this movie, too, is how many times, like... When the zombies are in the scenes, they are loud. They're yeah. but when they're off screen, they're completely silent. And they'll be like just talking with a bunch of them, and like it'll be like really quiet. And then all of a sudden, they'll like turn and they'll see a hundred zombies like running at them. I'm like, <laughs> it's like, wait, what? Okay, this opening scene even only showed like maybe twenty scientists. And now all of a sudden there's hundreds upon hundreds of people <laughs> and they all can be completely silent unless it's necessary that they're not. <laughs> it's oh, like, man. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah, the, uh, I think the zombie scene I found the best was the first scene when they meet the zombies in that little kind of, they call it a, like the lunchroom, the cafeteria yeah. room, but it's actually like weird storage containers filled with the virus. It's such a good scene, and, you know, Rain gets bit, and it's so creative. And it actually has an homage in that scene where the elevator opens, and it's full of zombies. And that's an homage to uh, something, one of the George Romero scenes from one of his movies where the door opens, and there's just a group yeah. of zombies pulling Which someone in. I get that scene. That scene makes sense because you wouldn't hear that behind those doors yeah, and absolutely. from different floors. So them coming down and surprising you would be something that could happen and be terrifying. Yeah. And zombies would get stuck in an elevator because they would be too dumb to get out. Exactly. It's just, it's a really fun scene because they're trying to figure out what is going on with these zombies. I hate that most of the zombies in this movie, as soon as they become zombies, you can tell they're zombies. But for some reason, uh, the main guy's sister, Lisa, when she's a zombie and he's talking to her in the lab and she's like walking up to him, she doesn't look like a zombie. And he's like, Oh, Lisa, you're still alive. She looks like she has like some grayed makeup on her face and, and she then, has a bit that's a bite that's kind of hidden. Yeah. And then as soon as he touches her, she like lunges and starts attacking. I'm like, Okay. No, no, no. You can't have these people be zombies when you want them to be. And be consistent. Look, yeah, just be consistent. <laughs> we'll get back to the fun scene, the yes. laser scene. Yes. Such an awesome scene for how dumb it is. I wanted this to be a little bit gorier, but honestly it made sense that it wasn't because it's kind of cauterizing the wounds as it's happening. Yeah. But this is brutal. It is amazing. It is everything that is Resident Evil. Like, this belong and like you say they brought this into a later letters of the evil game this belongs in that universe like this just feels so resident evil it's really fun and i think the 
despite how fun the scene is, the mistakes in it are hilarious. And just a, a few off the bat, this one gal gets her head cut off by the laser. And it's a really cool reveal scene. She's standing there and you see the lines start appearing around her neck. Yeah. But the laser went straight at her. And the angle she's looking at, the the line appears at a downward angle. Yeah. So it's just off. And then the way that like it slides off and the head floats for a second and falls. But the other two things I want to mention of mistakes okay. in this are uh, after everyone dies within this scene, the doors open and some of the bodies are on the ground but they're out of position and then the camera looks away and then they look back down the hallway and suddenly all the bodies are gone. Yep. And then on top of that, the guy that got cubed by the lasers, which is my favorite kill. Oh, it's amazing. It shows his eye just start falling apart. But, uh, you never see the remains of his body on the ground. It's just, Gone. would have made a lot better of a movie it would have made that. a mess <laughs> yeah it would have but the other th- my biggest problem with this which i'm surprised you didn't point out this is it was really annoying to have this laser grid system that would like attack things in the hallway but only at the back of the hallway and not or like at the entrance of the hallway and not the other side they actually brought this emp system into that hallway to take out the computer and it is perfectly unscathed because the laser would be one line in the back, go over it, and then turn and twist and turn all these other lasers after it would pass the bag. And I'm like, <laughs> bullshit. Well, the thing I found funny about it as well, which I get it, an AI is watching and controlling the laser, but the laser is going straight at some guy's feet and he jumps in the air. So the laser goes up and cuts him in half. Yeah. <laughs> like it meets him. But if the AI is controlling the laser, they would take out the thing that's going to take out the AI. Yeah, you'd think so. Like it wouldn't be just taking out the humans. Well, also, they're, the point of them going to this facility is to talk to this AI and shut her down. And I'm just thinking, it's a computer. Why can't you remotely get to it? Yeah. There's got to be some way. I know they explain it within the movie that well, the, the EMP is And that's is one necessary. of the other things that I thought was really annoying is that no one wants to listen to the AI. The AI is actually 100% right in everything she's saying and everything she's doing and all the decisions she made. She cut off escape from everyone to get out who was infected with the virus. She's trying to contain so the no virus. no one, like the virus wouldn't have gone anywhere if anyone was left the building. Like if she confined everybody, this virus wouldn't get out. Yep. And they immediately were like, no, you're just saying that because you want to be in control. And they shut her down. And then what happens? The virus breaks out because it's they here. shut her down. And I'm like, <laughs> why are you not? It's an AI. It's designed to be as smart as you with human implications and stuff in mind and stuff still, too. Like, this is the most advanced AI the world's ever seen. And you're not going to listen to what it has to say? Right. <laughs> Like, that just made no sense to me. A lot of this movie doesn't make sense. But. Um, some of the gunplay in this movie is really bad. Like, there's a scene where they shoot a zombie with a machine gun, and it just obliterates him with bullets, and then after they're done firing, the zombie flies back six feet. I'm like, a machine gun doesn't have any punching power. It's not going to make you fly six feet into the air. It's almost like it got hit by a shotgun or something. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say the the dog scene is so That's so good, beautiful, and I love it because in the games you're always like, why are these dogs kind of skinned and rotten? And in the game, it shows that the dogs broke out of their cages, and it looks like the wires got bent. So these yeah. dogs are skinned because of them breaking through the cages. Yep. 
it's really cool attention to detail and it's just such a fun scene seeing the cerberus dogs well and that is like one of the things that's kind of weird about this movie is you'll have something like really really amazing and then you'll have like the dumbest thing ever and then you'll have something really good and then you'll have something really bad and it's like it goes back and forth so much and it's like oh what are you doing i remember when this first came out i saw this and i was so excited to see the liquor and at the time i was like it looks so cool (laughs) now i look at it i'm like that cg is awful yeah. <laughs> it was not done well. I hate how dumb a lot of the people are in this. Like, for me, and in anything I've ever really seen zombie related, anytime anyone gets bit, everyone's like, you're going to turn. And wants to get rid of that person, wants to kill that person, wants to get rid of them. But in this movie, they're like, we're going to keep you along the entire way. We're going to try to get you Even when you can't cured. see anymore, when you can't pull your finger to pull a trigger of a gun, when you can't walk on your own. When you can't do any of this, they're wanting to save these people. And I'm like, why? You're killing yourselves. Or they're going to turn on you in an instant. The, it's it's always going to happen in a zombie movie. My other favorite trope, which I don't think actually happens in this movie, you know, because we see Rain get bit and she flat out tells people and she turns slowly throughout the movie. But the one I always love in zombie movies is when someone gets bit, but you didn't know it, they keep it secret the whole movie. And then at some point, they'll lift up their shirt and there's a bite on them and it just comes out of nowhere. I I will agree with that. I love that they didn't do that trope. I also hated that, like, when Michelle Rodriguez's character, Rain, right? When she can't pull the trigger, she can barely move and she's vomiting and they're carrying her around. She's still joking about getting laid. She's just like, oh, all I want to do is get laid when I get out of here. Yeah, you guys, yeah, you, you want to get laid? <laughs> like, what? You're not thinking about sex when you're well, dying and mutating. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but that is farthest from anyone's mind, I'm guessing. When you're vomiting, you can't walk, you can't see, you can't pull a trigger, your friends are all dying. Like, why are you thinking about sex? Well, and as as much as I I love Michelle Rodriguez usually in every role she does. Oh, She's yeah. always some badass character that is too cool for school. Yes. But the one thing that frustrated me is even after turning into a mindless zombie, she is still Michelle Rodriguez. So when the camera pans up and shows that she's turned to a zombie, the zombie takes its time to crack its own neck to be intimidating, <laughs> then looks at the person and goes to attack it. It's like, what? <laughs> I hate the deus ex machina in this movie of Zaplin saving the day after he was left being bit several times on his own, used every bullet in his gun, crawling he away. Made it. <laughs> I don't know so how, though. Like, it made no sense of how he got out of that. It made no sense that he made it out and, like, they faked his suicide. Yep. And then have him come back to save the day later. I'm like, why him? Of Why? Like, that made no sense. <laughs> I do love how convenient it is that uh, the briefcase that had the virus in it also had the antivirus in it yeah. as well. Even though it, it really doesn't work. No. <laughs> so, but it was just kind of funny that, oh, convenient. Um, I also hated how much Matt kept on switching sides on Alice, on whether she was good or not. Like, uh, someone betrayed my sister. You betrayed my sister! Actually, we're working together. But you were the reason this happened. Maybe you didn't. But I don't like you! And I'm like, it was so wishy-washy throughout the entire movie. Well, his character goes back and forth a lot. There's there's one thing that I love about Matt, and that is the end scene with him. Yeah. Is it, 
has the hint he gets infected by the liquor, and it has the hint of him being taken away and experimented on to become the nemesis. Yeah. And I think that's so fun. Unfortunately, they butchered the Nemesis in the sequels, but yeah, which I mean, it's I a cool hint. I've watched the sequel, and Nemesis didn't look too terrible. It's, it's not it. the looks I have the issues with in the sequel. It's yeah. the way the Nemesis acts in the yeah. sequel. <laughs> but so, like, I think they did decent with it. But it was really interesting seeing that he was becoming Nemesis, and them talk about him joining the Nemesis program. Well, I I kind of loved that because in the games, you never learn where the nemesis yes, comes from exactly. like who who used to be if it was human or if it was an experiment of different pieces put together he's just described as an experiment and he is the nemesis a creature sent to hunt down stars members so i, I kind of liked seeing yeah. a hint of backstory in this self-contained universe oh, i guess can i talk about probably the biggest mistake in this movie that just hurt me to my core when i saw it do it when mia Jokovic's character is trapped in that like scientist room later on in the movie and she like pulls all the needles out of her arm and everything she goes up to this card swipe door lock grabs one of the needles that was in her arm short little tiny ass little needle and unlocks a card swipe door with a blood (laughs) needle it's like she's picking a lock but I don't, you can't pick a, a card, card swiper. Swipe. So she's like stabbing the needle in. It's like, click, it opens. Like, like, it makes well, no sense. It hurt my brain to see that. Like of all the mistakes, like, yeah, you could say the bad CGI of the liquor is bad or bad this or like the zombies and the yeah. bullets and knocking back and kicks killing zombies, but bullets not and all this stuff is bad. But unlocking a card swipe door with a needle is the biggest what the fuck were you thinking moment in this movie for Exactly. Me. So, and what I love about that scene is how bad that part is and that big mistake, but then it leads to one of the most beautiful shots in the whole movie. Yeah. She walks outside of the facility and sees a, you know, a bunch of destruction and there's a newspaper talking about the outbreak and she picks up a shotgun, cocks the shotgun and it zooms out and it shows the whole city with all the destruction and torn out windows and crashed cars. It's yeah. really cool seeing well, the she's destruction. she's like in front of the uh, raccoon police department. Yeah. And stuff like from the second game after the virus had been around for a while. So it kind of is like alluding like it might tie to the second game after this, which it goes more towards the third game, I think, in the sequel. It does. But it's <laughs> it's such a cool final it shot. It is a cool shot. It really, it was a decent shot. I thought some of the destruction like made a little, like I was like, that's a lot of cars. <laughs> yeah. But to the same extent, like all... <laughs> it's all kind of chaotic and it would be chaotic in those scenarios. So I could see where it is, but like. It was a really cool shot. Well, and I mean, I, I understand all the chaos. I mean, we recently in 2020 went through our little pandemic and walking through Walmart, seeing that chaotic mess, uh, it makes sense that... Trying uh, to just get toilet paper. <laughs> that, that final shot of all the chaos and destruction is uh, more accurate than we'd like to admit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong in the slightest. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, this world's a little crazy place yeah so <laughs> but yeah uh, that is resident evil yeah. it's it's not really accurate to the games but it does feel like it's within the resident evil universe yes i'd say it is a fun time probably one of the i, I don't know if i'd say better but it's a middle of the road video game adaption for me uh, for me as far as like video game adaptations go this is one of like the iconic ones that everyone has seen everyone watches 
even if you've never played the game series, it's a decent watch. Like, you're going to have some fun watching this movie. Yeah. You might find a lot of it bad and laughable or whatever, but to the same extent, like, this is the only one that's really franchised out. There's yep. a lot of movies for this, and these were really successful. Yeah. And they were successful for some reason. Most video game adaptations don't get very much hype or love. And This first one was successful because it was fun and something new. The Resident Evil, this is the first Resident Evil movie. Yeah. People were excited. The next sequels were so popular and made so much money because they were hilariously bad. Yeah. And just a fun time to watch. So whether you love the video games or you've never played them, I say give the first movie a watch. The sequels, uh, watch at your own risk. Yes. This is just one of those movies that you either really enjoy or you're really not. Just have fun with it. So, And I think that's it. Thank you again for joining us on this Resident Evil journey. We will see you next time. Bye.